This episode of the Hall of Justice is brought to you by Alara Health Products. Every time I turn on the news, there is something about COVID. There is something about the flu. There is something about viruses. Medical experts are understaffed. There's so much going on. The best way to avoid doctors is to improve your immune health. There's a product that I just learned about called Immune Extra, and it's the only product available that can increase immune health up to ninefold in as little as nine days. It does so by increasing the amount of messenger cells that alert the immune system of any invaders. It's only one per day for maintenance. Think of it as a multivitamin for the immune system. Dosages can be increased to up to 15 per day with no side effects ever reported after millions of doses. It's been around for over 30 years. It's just new to sports with friends. It's not new to the world. It's now available in a triple strength formula originally sold only by doctors. And if you have tested positive for COVID or any respiratory illness, it's a true medicine cabinet product. Immediately, when someone close to me tested positive, I wanted to know exactly what I should do. I contacted doctors. While we are not giving medical advice, this is something you want in your possession. It should be taken upon the onset of symptoms. Go to their website, www.immuneextra.com. And when you're checking out, get 15% off just for finding this from Sports with Friends. The keyword that will get you 15% off for the Hall of Justice. The keyword that will get you 15% off is Justice 15 for the Hall of Justice. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, Justice 15 gets you 15% off when you check out. And go to their website and check it out. Because if you don't want to just take my word for it, listen, my word's not gospel. Neither is anyone else's that you might hear from today. But go to the website, check it out, read about it. And you know what else I did? I Googled it. Click on news. There's nothing about any harm. There have been no side effects. There's nothing about this that would be alarming. Give your immune system a fighting chance against everything that's out there in the world, including COVID. Go to immuneextra.com. Use the keyword Justice15, and they'll know you found out about Immune Extra from the Hall of Justice. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great Hall of Justice... Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Everett is the best there is at what he does, Bob. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. 
everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. We're so glad we're still going through here in 2022, our second episode and our second straight episode on the television show Superman and Lois. Last week, we had Eric Valdez who plays Kyle, and he was great. And we love the feedback that we got on that episode. We also love the social media love. How about that last week? That was very cool. We're looking for the equal uh, promotion from this one. The season premiere, which we promised no spoilers, has been out now. And it's been out for two days. Uh, it was on the CW, and now it's on uh, Hulu and, and, and the CW app and all the ways you can see it. So we can officially spoil the heck out of the pilot. And we'll see what other secrets we can get. I have wanted this gentleman since this show came on. I knew his name from his days running The Flash. He was a sh- one of the showrunners on The Flash, which has had a remarkable run over its time. Um, but now they're starting season two of Superman and Lois, and we are thrilled to welcome Todd Helbing to the podcast. Todd, thanks so much. We know you're in production. I appreciate you taking some time out, and congrats on season two, man. Oh, thanks so much. No, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. This is great. Uh, let's 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 start with with season one you know and just kind of put a bow on season one um you you had to do it right in the midst of covid you had production showdown shut down the whole thing we had alex garfin and uh and and tyler hecklin who plays superman uh on the show and they raved about everything from a production standpoint and how it just seemed like they were upping the ante so much so that the rumor has been that this is an HBO Max show that happens to be on the CW because the CW shows never look this good. Um, what can you <laughs> yeah. say about what do you have more money? What, why does this show look so much different than every other show that's been on? Yeah, I don't know where that rumor started, but it's it's not true. Um, <laughs> I wish it was true. Right. Um, Yeah. No, I I think, you know, from the beginning when I the first time I sat down with Greg Berlanti, you know, the 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 desire was always to make it look different um, and look like a movie. And I think it's just when you do any of these shows, you have to try to stand out as much as you can. And so it's like, look, if there's a if there's a way that we can give a little Superman movie every week, let's try to do it. Um, you know, there's certainly restraints that we, we knew that we would come, uh, we would have. So, um, so when I sat down with Lee Krieger, the director of the pilot, um, and the second episode, we started talking about looks for the show. And there was a lot of talks about like days of heaven and Terrence Malick, and we just wanted it to look beautiful. And so when Lee started looking through resumes for DPs for director of photography, mm-hmm. we really looked for for DPs that had that aesthetic and could could pull that off. And we got r- super lucky. We had this guy Gavin Struthers, who a lot of people know, um, did one of the seasons of The Witcher. Mm-hmm. And he, he just so you know, in my office during the pilot, we just had pictures upon pictures upon pictures. You know, Man of Steel. We all love Man of Steel. You know, we think what Zach did was amazing. Mm-hmm. The look of that show was great. Um, there was uh, just every movie you could think of. Seven. There was a lot of David Fincher. There was these oh, classic, cool. beautiful movies. And I was like, okay, we, let's just make the show look like that. So Lee, he got this this uh, vintage 
lens from Panavision, the camera lady, all of it was just geared towards see, making yeah. it yeah, look beautiful. Um, and, and, and that had a huge, huge part to do with, with why the show looks the way it does. And then as, as far as visual effects, I, I learned a lot from my time on The Flash sure. of um, little tricks you can do when it's important, when it's not, how to spend the money. And I think like all those, those, those lessons I learned paid off. It's definitely, there's, a, there's an aesthetic to the whole thing. And you know, in this world where there's so much cord cutting going on, everything's kind of on the same lens. People watch movies the same way they're watching TV shows. And so they're comparing them all. And, and, you know, especially nowadays where, you know, people aren't going out to the movie theaters unless it's Spider-Man. Uh, they're just, they're kind of just watching things the same way they're consuming uh, this, this show. And the show got a, 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 a real boost when after its initial run on the CW, it did go to HBO max. And, right. and just to, it, the, the marketing that they did around that, uh, it really seemed to trend on social media all over again. It seemed like there was a way to garner new fans who weren't fans of necessarily, not that they were anti, but they weren't necessarily coming from Supergirl or the flash or, or arrow or something like that, that this was something different. Yeah. I think that really gave us a nice little uh, a, a boost. You know, I, 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 it's nice when you have two different platforms for, for, audiences to check out your show um i think one of the great things about you know warners and cw with this show was we knew that there were some episodes that it would have been so great to have a longer version mm -hmm. so for some of them first season we did actually ended up cutting it twice so we did an on-air version and then we would have an, a second version that aired on the CW app. And then ultimately the, all the versions that went over to HBO Max were those longer versions. Wow. wow. And, and so um, it, 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 it did. It was really nice to get this second win. And then when it went over to BBC One, um, you know, now it has a whole new audience over there, over in England. And, and yeah. it's just been really fantastic. Um, okay, let's, let's get into season two. And, you know, rather than go, what's going to happen to this? And what's going to happen to this? Um, you are not afraid as a show. When I say you, it's, it's the Ustedes. It's not the just you, Todd. Uh, you are not afraid to go there when it comes to what feels like uh, political ideology. Um, in season one, there was the small town viewpoints. You know, you weren't saying Democrat or Republican. You're not going there. But in season two, I mean, he saves a North Korean sub. He has the fight with the general, um, you know, the, the, the truth, justice, the American way, the whole thing. It seems like you are taking that on full blast. Um, is that yeah. a, a did you get the blessing from, you know, whoever the, the DC hierarchy is? Um, <laughs> you have a lot of freedoms that I did not think a Superman story could have. Well, I don't I don't know if we necessarily approach that or that was like the drive behind it, I think, you know. Um, certainly in our country, we've become ridiculously divided. Yeah. And I grew up in, I grew up in a smaller town where it was okay to have different opinions about whatever. And that didn't, and, and that didn't mean that you, you would stop talking to that person. And, um, I think it's a shame that we've sort of gotten to that point, you know, where, um, clearly 
there are things that are unacceptable. Um, but, you know, the fact that generally speaking, there is such a divide is a little frustrating. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm alone in, in this in this frustration. But no, um, and, and, and every every episode I ask some, you know, whoever we have on, whether it's a guest or a reviewer or somebody about social media and social media has become this toxic. Oh, yeah, it's awful. I mean, it's, it's, it's awful. It's getting ridiculous. And so, you know, you you no one is judging you if you take a very vanilla approach. It's Superman. He's in Smallville. Like, that's it you are tackling these things and you're not afraid to. And it, it's refreshing yeah. to see as, as a viewer. Well, I think part of it too is Superman is not political, right? He came, if you think he came here, he's the ultimate immigrant story. He came here, he fell in love with humanity. And I think it's, it would be obscene to him for somebody to say, these are the people that you can save and those people don't worry about. It's, <laughs> You know, so like, I don't know, we try to tell these stories that are a good stories, but B, um, yeah, if, if it's if, if, if it seeps in there and it's, and it's a story about just being a good person, we're going to tell it. And so I don't think it would, it's, it's necessarily a political um, it's an attempt to tell a, a political story. I think it's just more of all of us, everybody that's involved in this show. Um, we just want to be truthful to who Superman is. And if that's what Superman is, is, you know, it becomes political because of his viewpoint, then so be it. It's so funny. Uh, five years ago, I think maybe now six years ago, when we first started this podcast, Zack Snyder came on and said the same thing. Like he literally said the exact same thing about <laughs> Superman. And he was talking about the upcoming Batman v Superman like at the time. Yeah. So you just think about the context and you reference Man of Steel and it's just so interesting to hear. Um, I wanted to reference before we get into like the nitty gritty of the show, something that I had read 25 years ago in a wizard magazine when Superman the Animated Series came out. Bruce Timm had, had been interviewed for, for, a, for a, a, an article and he said that writing Superman is really hard. He's so stinking powerful. It's really hard to write stories. And what he was talking about is in that animated show, they had kind of powered him down, you know, to, mm -hmm. to make it more compelling. Yeah. The, the, what I what I responded to that then, and I wanted to throw it out to you. And this is one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the podcast is to me, that's that's good. You know, I like it when uh athletes you know for example it, you know in, in, to make a baseball analogy 25 years ago guys were not trying to strike out as much and so when Kerry Wood strikes out 20 guys 20 years ago or Roger Clemens does it 20 years ago it's remarkable whereas when they do it now I want it to be hard and I want yeah. people to agree that writing Superman is hard because then when it's done well it's that much more rewarding well, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to uh, my first professional script was for Smallville. Yeah. And, you know, that was season seven. And it, that was the general attitude of, yeah, Superman, because he's so perfect, it's very difficult to have conflict. And that was one of the, the original questions when Greg called me about this and like, how do I, how do we make this interesting? And yes it, it it is very hard but the second he becomes a dad and he has the same problems as all of us it's not as hard anymore hmm. it um um i i think reinventing or 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 uh 
shaping stories that feel new and that are new is very difficult. But I think once you hone in on who Superman is and the way he would react and who he would be as a parent, um, it opened up a new version of this guy in a way that it, it made that really difficult thing easier. Um, you know, one of, from, from day one, um, it, it was always Superman meets Friday Night Lights. And I think, yeah. you know, what, what, what they did on that show um, with Coach and Tammy was just phenomenal. And, and they have, I think Coach and, and Superman have a lot of similar qualities. Yeah. Um, so it, I remember you know, Kyle Chandler, they used to say, you know, they used to joke about who should be the next Superman, you know, after Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Chandler yeah. was always a guy that was supposed to be the next Superman. Yeah, I mean, and I would buy it. Just, you could totally he, see that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and um, yeah, I, I, I just think like once you boil it down that way, it, it, it opened up the floodgates of potential stories that had a lot of conflict. Um, you know, we, we always joke that uh, not really joke, but it's just that Superman can be clumsy as a dad and you still love him and he can still be he can be perfect as Superman and imperfect as a dad and a husband like all of us. Yeah, <laughs> everybody listening to uh, listening to this podcast. Was saying, yeah, yeah, we yeah we okay, we know, uh, we know. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's not ignore the big uh, elephant in the room, uh, and that is the quote unquote Arrowverse. Um, you know, this is a a technically a spinoff, right? Because Tyler yeah. played yeah. Superman. You know, in in Supergirl, I remember doing an episode when season one of Supergirl, and I couldn't understand why they were texting each other like every good supergirl story had superman in it like he can be in it and i loved it when they brought him in it didn't take anything away from her uh that being said the two sons came from the crisis on infinite earths and it's it's all tied together last year you had john diggle i'm not going to ask the dumb reporter question of when you have another crossover obviously when you're ready to announce something you'll announce it you're welcome on this podcast any goddamn time but what about the connectivity of it um does a fan know you know when a fan watches uh here a, a good example is uh marvel the last month uh they mm -hmm. loved seeing vincent d'onofrio in hawkeye because it meant their Netflix show that they watched feverishly mattered. You know, yeah. Lucy Lane is being brought uh, to 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 season two. Is this still a continuation of that world? And since you come from that world, is that something that you embrace that that continuity that comic book people seem to gush about? Well, I, I, I think, um, you was know, diplomatic yeah. as I could ask that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a really valid question, and and I think um, the truth is, you know, originally we were going to do a, a Batwoman crossover, and um, there were there were a lot of plans set, and they were more from it was just the way it had been done uh, in the in the Arrowverse, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you guys I, you call know, it that? I, I think like in the room, yeah, we call it the Arrowverse. Okay. Yeah, uh, um, but you know, at COVID, it just changed everything. I think we wanted to do our own, we wanted to tell our own story and, and crisis gave us this sort of one, one big excuse that was fine to do whatever we want to do and shift it. Um, and in the, the original pilot that we wrote, there were a lot of 
the, you know, the opening monologue where it's like my most vivid memories of the mm -hmm. days that my life changed. That was a direct quote that was about crisis. It was mm -hmm. all about, and his journey in that, in the original pilot was that he wasn't connecting with his boys. And part of that was because they went from infant to uh, mm. teenagers instantly. Yeah. And so, but the more we got into it, the more it felt like it opened up a can of worms that we didn't have enough time or real estate to really explain properly. So draft after draft, it got pulled out. Um, and then when COVID hit, it, it, everything kind of just changed instantly. We couldn't have other people on set. We couldn't, right. you know, it took a long time to figure out how to shoot a show during a pandemic. So um, then we just were like, okay, if we can't do this and we don't know when we're gonna do it, let's just tell the best stories we can in our little universe. The show looks different, it feels different. Um, so let's just lean into that as much as we can and then we'll see how things play out in the future. So it's, so, it's, it's open-ended, but it's not, it's, it's not something that's imminent. It's not something that you guys are thinking about. You know, like the Supergirl reference that we made just a minute ago is just to reference, you know, a lot of times when Superman was dealing with the Kryptonians uh, in season one, it's, mm -hmm. boy, you could use some help. <laughs> like, where, yeah. where is she? <laughs> and we, and, and a, even just a, just a passing acknowledgement that she's off world or she's doing something else. You know, I think she was having a baby at the point, you know, whatever it was in real life. We, no, no one looks at you and says, try to do the impossible. But how much consideration is there, given the fact that that's something that plays with fans? Sure. I, I think, um, you know, we, we, there were a lot of questions from the fans about that. Why aren't they dropping Supergirl's name? Or, but, you know, it's, you could ask, why aren't they dropping Flash's name? Why aren't they dropping, you know, Black Lightning's name? Why aren't, there's, there's a whole list of people. And when you watch The Flash, every time there's a problem, he doesn't say, well, I should call Superman or Supergirl or Black Lightning right. era. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I would just, our argument, I guess, to that is, uh -huh. We, we want to focus on the family and Superman being Superman and not worry about the other superheroes, where they are, like who's, who's okay. a part of their life, who isn't. And it just becomes a cleaner show in that way. Back with more of the Hall of Justice in just a moment, but first a message from Simply Earth. Simply Earth is an essential oil recipe box. Now, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had no idea what essential oils were. I like oil, I like essential things, but what caught me by surprise and I loved it was it is a step closer to being toxin free. That's what you needed to know. I wouldn't recommend Simply Earth if I didn't love them, how pure they are, how natural my home has become, and how they don't cost so much. Has essential oils always confused you? It confused me. The Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box will help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to make your home toxin-free. In this time of COVID, especially with the latest surges, everything that is germs, everything that is toxic, everything that you want, you don't want in your home. You receive the recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. You learn how to use your essential oils while making the recipes created by certified aromatherapists. You save money and you detoxify your life. You buy from a company that changes the world. Since Simple Earth gives 13% of all profits to end human trafficking around the world. 
The essential oils alone would cost over $100 from other companies, but with the Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get pure pure oils, six recipes, and extra ingredients for only $39. And when you subscribe, you get a free bonus box with even more natural goodies. You go to their website, but make sure you type in the end, simplyearth.com slash H-O-J for Hall of Justice. Use essential oils to support your wellness. Doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipe Box. Plus, get a free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using simplyearth.com slash H-O-J. Make sure you put the H-O-J so they know you heard it right here on the Hall of Justice. Now back to the show. What were the, the limitations or parameters when you're, when you're handed this gift and you say, here, let's design this show. Um, did they say you could play with X, Y, and Z villains? You could do, uh, you know, the John Henry Irons character, um, Natalie, you know, it, 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 it's somewhat, you know, it's a, it's a different storyline, but it's from the comics. I mean, those yeah. characters did exist. Um, what kind of a play chest did you have considering it's not your intellectual property? You know, that's what Judd Winnick was on the show recently. And he said, you know, when you're writing something that's completely your own, you have no, no rules, but when he's creating the red hood, you know, there were limits to what DC would let him do back in the early two thousands. What about for this show? Like what, what kind of a ball, you know, a team do you have? Yeah. So, DC has, has been extraordinarily generous with us. I think, you know, Jim Lee and Kim Roberto and... Um, Great Jim Lee. Oh, man, he's Great. fantastic. Yes. Um, Great uh, baseball I, fan, too. Really? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, yeah no, it's, it's, you know, we sort of have a process where um, every season, you know, when you pitch a season, it's like, they're sort of the first call. Hey, we're thinking about doing this, 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 you know, there's a process they have to go to. A lot of it is tied to what they're doing in features and yep. other properties and shows. And it's like, can you use this version of a costume? Can you use this character? You know, um, there's sometimes there's some crossover, but it depends on what world they're on. So right. there's a lot of steps to it, but for the most part, um, we've been able to do whatever we wanted to, um, and, and that may just have been because of the, the, the characters that we have chosen so far. And we might get the SmackDown, you know, like pretty soon when I pitch season three, but, um, <laughs> but, but no, it's, it's, they're a joy to work with. I mean, honestly, it's, it's really, they want the best show possible. And if that, you know, so they're, they're been really great with us. Uh, but yeah. But, but how does it compare to when you were working on the flash not in the sense that it's it's different people or a different time, but as much as the Flash. Look, I'm a P1, so I I I, I have the 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 leg the the leeway to say something like this. But the Flash is not Superman. You know what I mean? He's 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 a big hero, but the leeway that you'll have, you're going to have the run of Reverse Flash and Gorilla Grodd. You're going to have you know the Weather Wizard. Yep. wizard you know, in, in your, in your toy chest, it's Superman. And thus everything with Superman is on a microscope. Everything, it goes through a fine tooth comb. And it's almost like 
like nothing can come up. You, you don't just wake up one day, you know, in the writer's room and say, you know what, let's, let's bring the parasite in. And they go, nah, sure. No problem. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's a little bit harder with, I, I would imagine as, as someone who did both, I would imagine it's harder with a character that big. I think it's what's, yeah. Well, I think what, what's different is, you know, when, when you see, if you're, if you're a comic book fan, you know, the, the flash uh, villains, right. You know, the roster, but my mom doesn't know the roster of the flash. She couldn't tell you the difference between, you know, Perfect. Uh, yeah. You, you know I mean? Like um, uh, captain cold, she would say, Oh, that's Mr. Freeze. You know, so, so, um, but when you're talking about Superman, yes, there, people know more of the lexicon, people know more of the villains, people know the bench. So um, I think it's just, you have to approach it with like, okay, if we're going to do this character, they want to know what story are you telling with them? And so that uh, on top of all the other uh, check, the, the boxes you have to check, it's like, okay, well, what version are we doing? And what is the story you're telling? Because we want to make sure that that's faithful to XYZ. I, and I imagine that's something that, I mean, as writers, that's hard. I mean, that's, that's, it that's is hard, part of yeah. it because he's, you have the, this character. You said you started your career on Smallville. Uh, mm -hmm. How much has it changed given the fact that back then, you know, you were in the later seasons of Smallville and there were other heroes. I mean, you were doing other things, uh, not just, you know, Clark in high school. It was, it, he was, he was kind of, you know, finding his Superman-ness <laughs> at that at that yeah. point yeah i i, I think it, it's the stories are so different mm -hmm. um i think um well, but it's interesting that you say that he's back in smallville now you yeah, know what i mean like it, it's, it's yes. it, it comes full circle yeah it does come full circle i mean you know you could say it's like the spiritual sequel to it you know it's it's but i think um everything that the stories were approaching from a primarily through a parental lens so what's different about it is when, when, when Clark was a teenager in Smallville, he was learning his experiences and he had Pa and Ma Kent, um, yeah. but he was a kid. So now as an adult, these lessons that he's teaching, you know, as a, when you're yeah. a father or a mother, you look at those lessons differently and it's just a different lens that you have on. So that's what's different about it. I mean, you know, whether it's a freak of the week or whether it's a long an episodic villain or a right. season long villain or a series long villain, that stuff is, yeah, it's, it's different. But the core of it is this parental lens and how did the stuff that I learned, and it's a different generation in a different time. Wow. So that's different. Um, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's really the stuff that we're talking about when, when, it, when it feels different, that's, that's really why I think. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We've done three episodes. I said we had Alex, uh, Alex, who was a breath of fresh air. He was great. Uh, that yeah. was in the beginning of season one. And he was so interesting. And uh, Tyler, obviously. And, and we just had um, Eric Valdez on the show. Uh, one bit of casting, though, that I, I have not acknowledged, I think, enough in when we've talked about this show on is Bitsy Tulloch. Uh, she is she literally... Wow she literally looks like Lois Lane. Like it, she, and it's not looks, it's not a looks thing. It's, it's her mannerisms, her, her demeanor, the way she talks. It, it's literally like you're watching Lois Lane out of the comic book. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, um, you know, when she read for 
um, the crossovers, mm-hmm. she was the first read that I saw. And it was like instantly, I was like, oh my God, yes, that's good, right, right. you know? And then, and then, um, and then when she, when she came out, it came on the show and I got to know her and like Tyler and Bitsy and I went out and had dinner uh-huh. at the, really early. And when I pitched them the show and you could just tell she's whip smart, a, um, unbelievably talented and, and, um, you know, they're younger, obviously than what they're playing in the show. And I think that was, if, if you read any of the comments, that was concerned, like, oh, they're way too young, they have teenage kids, but they, but they don't. Bitsy particularly embraces this, this, she can get into this motherly mode yep. and this, this, this independence and this fearlessness. And, and she just embodies who I think the, you know, every, all of us think about when we think about Lois Lane. So yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I could go on and on and on. This whole podcast could be about her. you know you could uh, to be totally I have to honest, get her could, on at some point yeah yes yeah I, I you could take any of of the the cast that we have and it could mm-hmm. be a podcast like mm-hmm. I we got so lucky with everybody that we got um and I I think they just instantly embrace these characters and and they bring it to life and 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 I think that's why people are responding so well and not just the stories, but because of the way that they portray these characters. Well, and 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 Alex playing Jordan and Eric told us uh, last week that you guys have signs. Alex plays Jordan, but Jordan plays Jonathan. Yeah. Like, yeah. Holy yeah. moly, that's hard. Um, yeah, that was that was a little. Well, and and yeah. and the lovely Miss Tullock uh, corrected me on Twitter because when I posted Alex's podcast on social media, uh, autocorrect misspelled Alex's last name. And she corrected. So the Twitter was leave it to the intrepid Daily Planet reporter to correct somebody's <laughs> syntax. <laughs> and it was That's just so per- busy. Yeah. It was That's so awesome. perfect. It was just, yeah. it literally was, was was so perfect. But making sure when you have that many characters that have arcs, just just this idea that, you know, how she ties into uh, the the John Henry Irons, you know, storyline and the daughter and the daughter that she lost and all of these things that nobody saw coming. And that's that's the idea. And what I've told friends about, not even just what I've said on the podcast, I tell my friends about this show and I go, literally, you are going to see something every week that you, you'll say, I never thought that was coming. I didn't see that coming. And I've seen every goddamn thing Superman's done. Like, you haven't repeated yet and it's it's truly unique the the mystery of uh who john henry irons would be um was that a cw thing because i mean you guys all knew who he was was that a that 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 by design why did he have the 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 the, the, the robot call him mr luthor like (laughs) that was a red herring It, it just seemed like everyone was guessing what how did that all play out yeah, so that I, I would love to take credit, but that was not me. That was um, Adam Malinger. Um, uh, so we have we have a lot of huge comic book fans, like walking encyclopedias in our awesome. room. That's awesome. And and so that that gives us a lot of uh, deep dives. You know, we didn't want to like repeat what they had done on Supergirl, so um, we tried to. There, there's, I mean, there's a lot of deep pulls in our show, um, and, and and that is not for me. That's from the staff. Um, uh-huh. and I think with John, with John, you know, originally he, we, we knew he wasn't going to be Luther, but right. we didn't know who he was going to be. And we knew we wanted to tell a redemption story and we knew that 
Um, you know, ultimately he was going to become Clark's friend. Um, and, and he and edge were going to crisscross. And that, right. that part was from the beginning. Speaking of great um, casting Morgan edge. Oh, my God. oh yeah. Adam is, uh, yeah, yeah. He's just amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't have to kiss your ass anymore. You're already on the show and it's still screwed. <laughs> it's that good. Yeah, no, thank you. It's, it's yeah. But, but once Adam pitched that, it was one of these, you know, it was just a fantastic, um, pitch and it tied everything together in, in a way that it, it made it work and you know it's like obviously Shaq was was steel and 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 yeah, it, yeah. the fact that the honestly the fact that it hadn't really been done since that was just kind of like wait a second yeah why has this never been done and so um yeah it just it just there are certain pitches sometimes at the beginning of seasons where you don't know what you're doing you know what you want to do you know what we want to feel is you know tonally and you're like okay we need something that ties this all together and um, eventually it, it comes, sometimes it's better than, the, than others, but this one just really sang in a way that it, 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 it was the catalyst for a lot of awesome stories. It seems like it. Uh, what, what are you legally uh, allowed to tell us about season two? What can we look, what can people who listen to this that are now gonna binge watch season one, what I hope is that people who've been watching the show are gonna love these episodes, but, the I, what I'm hoping is that there are people who are listening to this podcast because they're Marvel fans or they're, you know, Superman movie fans mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And they're going to hear this. And, and uh, again, let this show speak for itself. I'm saying this to the audience, like, let just watch the show and come at me on social media and go, I watched it. It sucked. No one will do that. <laughs> <laughs> like well the, there might be some people but yeah no no you might be angry no no see there's a big difference you can be angry with what happens with a character that doesn't mean the show sucks yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying like there, there, there's, yeah. there's a there's a massive uh massive thing but what can you tell us about season two i i did read articles i did a little bit of homework um there's talk about a guy with a green glove punching through some rock <laughs> and you yeah. know a lot of people are are wondering about him um what can you tell us and not you know, so we don't get sued. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, it's always, everything is driven by family. And I, I think what we did in season one, we set up a lot of dynamics, um, but we, we, you know, it's 15 episodes. So we really, in season two, we wanted to um, pull out some more secrets and get to know, you know, if you start with uh, Lois and Clark, it's, like, why is Lois the way she is? Why did she never talk about her sister? Why did she never talk about her mother? Why was her relationship with her dad so fraught? Clearly, there is a work relationship. Um, Lane was sort of had, you know, spent his, 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 his time as a dad, really, as a time as a general. So it wasn't around a lot. There's that. But there's also this whole other component that we wanted to explore. Um, you know, with the Cushings, we really wanted to uh get into kyle and lana's relationship you know when i pitched this to emmanuel the first time i sat down i explained to her like i really wanted to have lana be totally different than any lana lang that you ever had and reinvent her and um and really get into a, a struggling marriage and so it's the next step of that um um sarah jordan you know you get into these this teenage you have this sort of dorkier introverted kid who, who wears every with, emotion on his face 
yes, every emotion on his <laughs> you face. You can I mean, feel every you feeling for every, this kid. <laughs> everything. It's amazing. It's amazing, and just you know, just the whole dynamic between Jonathan and Jordan, the brothers. Like yep. one has powers, one doesn't. Like how that would be in a normal five, four brothers. So like, it's it's like I understand those dynamics, and and um, but you know, to go back to when you're in high school and you fall in love for the first time, and when you're a kid like him you're assuming that you're going to be with that person the rest of your life, of you know, but then, so what happens when the other person doesn't feel away? So that, you know, and then the irons, it's like, they're in the strangest situation ever. Um, so we really wanted to get into the weirdness and make it weirder and how, you know, it's just torture for John and, um, and it's not great for Nat and then moving to a small town from a big town in a different world, like just really mess it up as much as we could. Was the Smallville part of it? I know I'm kind of bouncing around, but was the Smallville part of it your idea? Was it was it something that they said they want to have him not in Metropolis? What was the idea behind going back to Smallville? Because that was early on. I mean, that was, yeah, that was one of the yeah. first things he 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 gets fired in a, in an instant, and the next thing you know, he's let's go back to Smallville. And I was like, wow, they're going back there. Play the the Remy Zero song. Let's do the whole thing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, look, I'll say one of the benefits of working with uh, Greg Rolanti is um, he pitches you these ideas uh, that you're like, are you sure that's going to work? Like, are we going to have enough? You know, and he's like, yeah, it's going to work. It's going to be great. Trust me. And it, it, he's never wrong. He's just never wrong. I mean, that's why he is who he is. You know, yeah. um, I, I, I think, um, no, that was one of Greg's pitches because the first conversation when he called me the first time, he's like, I want, you know, I think we might be able to do a Superman show. Do you want to do it with me? I think, you know, just other stuff that I had pitched him and like what I wanted mm -hmm. to do at post flash. He was like, I think you would be great for this. Um, and I'm like, dude, how do you, how do we do Superman differently? He's like, he's a <laughs> he's a dad. It's a family show. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's, that's cool. But and he's like, they go back to Smallville. I'm like, what? I'm like, ah, oh, man, I, I don't know about that. And he's like, no, 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 come on. Let's just like, think about it. And, and we'll talk about it and we'll figure it. I, I think this is the way to go. And you know, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's wild uh they, they, they're doing that all right so so season two what 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 can you tease yes it's going to be a family show we know that yep. is is there multiple villains is there one big multiple bad villains. is there a big arc one big arc no i would say we're, kyle we're redeem some... himself and not be as much of a jerk because uh, he was a jerk in the first season and eric valdez validated that last week yeah, no, he was, he was kind of a dick. Yeah. And then he, he, but, but, uh, you know, we always want to do, everybody has a point of view and you understand their point of view. It doesn't matter who it is. Yep. Um, but no, the, on the villain side, I think it's going to be pretty cool. You know, we, we set up this big thing. We like to do these uh, comic back, book uh, splash pages if we can. Um, cool. So sort of reenact them as much as possible. And then, but what we really like to do, like what we did with Edge, is take somebody that you assume, um, you assume what their backstory is, you assume who they are, you assume, you know, they possess whatever you've read in this 80 years of this comic book. And then, and then find little ways in where you can flip it on its, on its face and, and um, have one villain uh, hand off into another and, and sort of flip them. And so it's not the same thing that we did in season one, but there are multiple villains that sort of pass the torch and then come back and huh. connect. And they, they start out one, you know, 
seems like it's Clark's or Superman's and it seems like it's Lois's and then they have a bigger, they sort of merge at some point. So yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do this season. Um, last thing on, on season two, uh, it seems like there's this model of, um, I think streaming has had a big impact on this of, you know, shorter, higher quality episodes. You did, yeah. I think 15, uh, last, last yep. season one, yep. um, how many do you have planned for season two? And do you think the model of the having 22, 23, what was the flash doing? 24, 25 episodes. 23, I mean, 23. I, yeah. That's a lot. It's, it's, a, it's lot. a lot of story. And, and, and it's a lot of trying to carry stuff throughout, you know, that it's a separate conversation, but what about the idea of how, how many episodes of this and how many seasons do you plan? Because maybe it's better to tell just a few stories here and save some for three, four, five, six, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, we're doing 15 this year. I think um, uh, to me, 13 is kind of the magic number. I started out in cable. So, uh, you know, Spartacus right. was the first staff job. So we did, we did 13, 6, 10, 10. And um, and, and, and then after that, it was all cable shows until the flash. So 23 is just overwhelmingly difficult. Yeah. Uh, I'm I think, glad to hear you say that. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, you have no life. It's, it's sort of 24 um, seven. The, the stories at some point you get so exhausted where you're like, okay, uh, you know, there's the money quotient, there's the, the, the burnout, there's, it's just, man, it's just hell. And I think, um, I think on a show that's as visual effects heavy as ours, it's it's ver the post schedule. It's impossible to do it with post. So, you know, if you have two people talking, yeah, you could do it. But um, I think there are just so many factors that that um, are are pushing it all in this direction with shorter shorter orders. I you know I it, yeah again I would do thirteen. I think that's sort of like sort of almost like a three X structure. Sure. Um, 15 is, is pretty close to, to that, but, um, um, man, yeah, the, I'm having all, sorry, I'm having all these flashbacks to flash and it's just yeah. like, it's brilliant. You know, that I was a PA on 90210 when I, that was like one of my first jobs that I, the original Yep. and, uh, 32 episodes. I could do a whole podcast with you about that. Just so. Oh you. yeah. Anytime, man. 32, <laughs> 32. We did double ups twice a season where they were shooting two episodes at the same time. John Eisendrath was a showrunner when I was there. And I just, I hats off. I had no idea how, what he was going through. I'll tell this a, a really embarrassing story. Uh, it was uh, 2002, the NBA finals, uh, the New Jersey Nets were playing the Lakers and I was yeah, uh, yeah. Cu covering it. And uh, I was at the Meadowlands and I was waiting to go into uh, the locker room, you know, to do post game, whatever I was supposed to do. And uh, I see this guy standing across the hallway and I said, did you go to my high school? Like, I know you from somewhere. And I embarrassed myself so ridiculously. Uh, I was like, did you go to Syracuse? What, what high school did you go to? Who are you friends with? Like, I was asking this whole Jewish geography thing and it's Andrew Shue. Andrew Shue. Yeah, sure. Melrose place. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't nice. my, I felt like that Seinfeld episode when Jerry's denying ever watching Melrose Place like he does doesn't know. <laughs> I was mortified I was so mortified and I'm not you know I don't get starstruck or anything like that I just I felt like such an idiot because I swear I knew I knew that guy 
And yeah, of course I knew that guy because I watched him on Merrill Merrill's Place. Well, I have a similar I have a similar sure. similar story, but okay. nine hundred two and zero, uh, we shot in Van Nuys and like these kind of crappy stages. I was the first desk when you walked into the door. People would sit down for costume fittings. You know, we'd call them and be like, "Hey, Catherine, like person's here," and uh, Gavin McLeod, right? <laughs> Captain Stubing. Captain Stubing. Yes. Yeah. And he walks in, and this was like, you know, I am fresh out of Wisconsin at this point. Um, <laughs> didn't go to film school, none of that. So, I, but I watched a lot of TV, and I'm looking at him, and the same thing. I'm like, God, where do I know this guy from? Where do I know this guy? And I was like, <laughs> I got it. You're Captain Stubing. And he looked at me, and he's like, Indeed. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy had probably been on Broadway, had yep. done this long, you know, this the storied career, and I'm this idiot PA yep. that's like. Captain Steuben, you know, <laughs> totally. And you feel like two feet tall, and it's just it's a weird, weird feeling. Yeah. Um, Todd, congratulations on Superman and Lois, all your success. Oh, I, mean, you. I did you. have a whole plan. I wanted to talk about your career and where you started and all these things, but we got on so many different tangents with the show. Uh, we'll have to have you back, maybe when the season's over and we Anytime. can look back at season Anytime. two. Um, this is a blast. How can how can people uh, find you online? What what can we, we said we hate social media with a fiery passion, but yeah. can people, if, if, if they're fans of the show and if they have only kind things to say, which what Twitter <laughs> is these days, oh, uh, yeah. how, how can people, can, can people find, are you, do you even have Twitter? I mean, no, I don't have Twitter. Uh, Instagram is just for my friends, you know? So no, I, you, you could probably just do like, just hashtag Superman and Lois and the, 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 my friends and, and coworkers who uh, have it will probably forward it to <laughs> me tell, or tell me tell about you. it. They'll yeah. tell you. Well, because yeah. usually but we I, end the podcast with uh, if, you know, if there's anything that you heard that you have an issue with, do me a favor, reach out to the guest directly and leave me the hell out of it. Now <laughs> yeah, that completely now it, backfires. Uh, it's all going to you, Seth. It's all, all, that's, a, that's all it is. Now I'll have to get all the all, all the vitriol from from Superman and Lois. But vitriol, you know, just to just to kind of put a caveat on that, vitriol is to me is great when people are debating a show to that yeah. level. Yeah. That means they yeah. dug it and they they cannot wait for the next episode. Like to me, the the hate mail is almost just as good as the is the as the as the love you know that, that you get on. totally if they if they if they hate it that means they're watching it they're right watching or it. they or, or they're listening so yeah it's you know it's okay so yeah we'll take it yeah it's cool um it, it's fantastic uh thank you so much for doing this man uh good luck with thank with you. season two and I, I look forward to talking to you again thanks so much Thanks, that's Seth. todd helbing uh thank you for listening thank you for the subscriptions like i said uh superman and lois airs tuesday nights on the cw and then the next day it's on well i watch it on hulu but it's on the cw app as well and you can check all that stuff out and then these super action-packed episodes go to hbo max so you can watch it all again over the summer and we know what i just realized i can tease next week's episode greg weissman Young Justice, the new Catwoman animated movie, and Gargoyles. We're going to talk about that next week. Make sure you subscribe. We'll see you then.